Hi, Creative. It's Lauren here, and I wanted to ask you a quick favor. If you like the show and it has helped you, please remember to rate, review, and follow it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Also consider sharing the show on your Instagram stories or Twitter. Tag the guest at Unleash Your Inner Creative and at Lauren LaGrasso, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. And now let's get to the creative chat. Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm a creative coach, actor, singer-songwriter, award-winning podcast host, and a friend. And I'm really excited because today I have one of my very best friends on the show. As you know, the show's main goal is to help you love yourself enough to take your out of the driver's seat and go after whatever it is that's on your heart. And my bestie is really the perfect person to help you do that. She's a psychic medium, a intuitive healer, a astrocartography genius, a human design expert, also an amazing actress and writer, I might add. But today we're going to really talk about how to strengthen your intuition, how to use astrology to enhance creativity and how to find divine friendships. And very, very fun fact for you. She also has an amazing podcast called Psychic Scoop, and we're going to do a two-part episode. So you better stay tuned because after this, you got to go over there to hear the second half. Welcome, Spirit Sis, aka my bestie, Steffi Hill. Hey, oh, hey, oh, what an intro. I'm so honored to be here and I love you so much. Honored to have you. Love you so much, my sister from uh, another lifetime, really. Seriously, actually. We might get into it. <laughs> Who knows? But Steph, there's so many things we want to talk about today. And, and we also have some listener questions that have been sent in. But the main biggest question I want to talk to you about is, intuition. And I think it's really hard to love yourself if you don't trust yourself. Obviously, this is an expertise for you as a psychic. You've had your own journey with trusting your intuition and even trusting that you were a psychic because so many people kind of told you not to trust yourself throughout the course of your life. But um, tell me a little bit about how we can start to trust ourselves and trust our own intuition. I think you nailed it with self-love and self-discovery. And I think a lot of that happens before our Saturn return, <laughs> as I'm sure people know, or if you don't, you know, when you hit 27 through 31, you go through something called a Saturn return. When your Saturn comes back to the natal position when you were born and you get rocked like rock bottom. D did you go through like a massive awakening during that time too? I did. I moved. I changed jobs. Um, I really questioned my relationship. I got into therapy for the first time. Same. And actually, that was the first year I slowed down. And I think weirdly, like right after the Saturn return, I think when I turned 28, I don't know if it was after or during. Is it 27 or 28? It's like 27 to 31. So it's a okay. whole little chunk of time there. Oh, I, and I broke up with my boyfriend then if it's to 31. I mean, I broke up with my my long term boyfriend. So yeah, there were a lot of big, big life changes. It, it shook my shit. Oh, yeah, sure does shake that shit. I will say, though, through that darkness comes the dawn. And I think through that awareness of the evolution of like where you're going and where you're heading, where you're going, where you're heading is the same. But basically where you've come from and where you are, it's just there's so much that you have to learn about and you have to go through that dirty. So for me, I was giving readings for 12 years before I charged anyone a penny for it. <laughs> and you didn't even like know you were doing it half the time because like you knew you were doing it, but it was just it was as simple as breathing for you. I watched you do it. 
I know. And I, I would stop people in bars or grocery stores <laughs> and I would just be like, hey, is your grandma dead? And people would be like, I'm buying cheese, you know, <laughs> it, but it was something that, you know, people are really good at soccer or like art and I'm really good at channeling. It's just something you have to cultivate and practice. But through those dark times, I really had to rely on myself and I really tapped into my physical body and what made me feel good day to day and being present. And through my Saturn return, I found obviously meditation therapy. I found human design. I got really into astrology. So all of those modalities kind of mixed together to strengthen my intuition. And then I had to really trust myself through self-love. And this is where I, this is where I got. And I know you've got this amazing intuition course and I highly encourage people to go take it. It's super affordable. It's something that people can keep forever. They can come back to and take over and over again. But if you could just give a quick and dirty tip on how to start, let's say you're deep in self-doubt, you're really out of touch with yourself. How do you start to cultivate that self-trust or that intuition? Oh, there's so many good tips I can give, but the best thing I think is when you want to get in true receiving mode, Ooh. it's to disconnect from- What's receiving mode? Receiving mode is when you get into your feminine and you're truly just observing things around you. Because I think every day, and this was also something I channeled with the second Aquarius full moon that just happened. So I'm kind of writing off that through this convo, but I was channeling through my spirit guides and they were talking about how we've all been in this masculine do, 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 go, go, go all the time. And I think with COVID, we kind of didn't really process the trauma we kept on pushing through because it hurt us or whatever was happening individually, but collectively. But anyway, I, we have to be in receive mode. And sometimes all you have to do is go take a walk in nature. That's the simplest way to reconnect to your intuition. If you're a water sign, maybe it's getting in a bath. I know you really like baths. I love baths. And you're a cancer rising. Yeah. That's super important. But getting off of, you know, social media, think about when you wake up and you're scrolling, you're getting stimulus the moment you wake up. So technically, yeah, you're receiving, but then you're constantly going to like, okay, I had to respond to this email and then later I have to do this and I have to make breakfast. You know, it just kind of goes and you're on the hamster wheel and sometimes you just have to sit back and then really observe your body. How am I feeling? Take a breath. How does that feel in your chest? Do you feel tight? And close your eyes. You know, do your eyelids feel heavy? Maybe take some water. Do you feel nourished? I mean, it sounds... Um, I mean, it is as simple as that, honestly. And if we go deeper and you really want to strengthen your intuition, that's when we get into limiting beliefs and self-sabotage and we shadow work. We got to go there and really believe in ourselves. So it's multi-layered. But if you want to just hot tip, you're feeling like very disconnected, go take a walk outside without any earbuds, anything. Just look around at nature, see the birds, feel the sun on your face. That is a very good way to interact with source or, you know, just yourself. Can I ask you a question? You may. <laughs> what is the third eye? <laughs> well, technically, so well, the third eye, technically, technically, um, the third eye is, it's in your chakra system, but you know, it's in between, if you were going to go just above your eyebrows, like in between, that is your portal center where all your intuition comes in. And so in my intuition course, I do a third eye activation and it's a 45 minute activation where I'm waking up all the senses in the third eye and basically kind of decluttering it because I think sometimes it just gets muddy up in there if you have a lot of information all day. And that's also how you process information. So 
it can get a little sticky up in there. If you activate your third eye and there's clutter in it, what sort of emotions can you expect to feel as that activation starts to happen? Is there a resistance? Is there release, like some sort of crying? Can there be screaming? Like what have you experienced and seen other people experience as they've activated and opened that intuition in the third eye? Oh, that's such a good question. I think what I what I have told my students, and it's a common theme that I would notice when my intuition was super cloggy, I would get horrible migraines, really, really bad ones where it was debilitating, couldn't pick my head up, you can feel dizzy. And a lot of times, if you have a clogged or stagnant intuition, you actually get sinus issues really badly. Mm. So that's actually one of the first signs for me. You know, of course, there's circumstances. Like if you didn't drink enough water and you're hungover, it's like, well, you're hungover. But sometimes, you know, your intuition gets so stuck. So that's one thing. But I think what you said, I mean, it's different varying to person, but I just feel instantly lightheaded in a good way. It's almost like a buzzy feeling. And with any of your chakras, by the way, you almost feel energy there, you know, it like just flows. But for your head, it's just this like buzzy, fun, like lightheaded and excited feeling. It's it's really lovely, honestly. Okay. Let me just tell you one thing too, because like you have the ability, like you're so calming and so present, but you're also one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. And I think there's this thing and I've talked about it with like other spiritual people before who are also super real where like you think like psychics have to talk like this and be like, welcome to my world and whatever. And what I love about you is you're psychic and you're human. Like, obviously, you're my best friend. Like we have lots of human human discussions. But like, how do you deal with people like I think that this happens a lot in the spiritual world where people don't look at you like you're a human being in addition to having this gift. How do you deal with that? I mean, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just going to be like Frank as Frank is because at the end of the day, as like I said, I am just a human being and some people are good at golf and I'm just good at channeling and you just have to practice like anything else. I mean, you got good at guitar through cultivating a practice and that's how I am. Psychics get a bad rep, obviously, through many, many, many decades and centuries of, you know, witchy or religious stuff. And we don't have to go into that. But, you know, I think there is a stigma and people are just, it's unknown. And to me, it's all I've ever known. So my personality and my channeling is not separate. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm a psychic just like you. Cause I truly believe every one of us is psychic and is gifted just differently in different ways. Yeah. And, and what I'm more meant, like sometimes maybe there's people who follow you who aren't looking at you like a human being. Like, I think they, people do this with activists too, where it's like, you're an activist and that's all you do. And like, you're here to like serve, you know, but for you, like, I'm wondering how do you protect your own energy? Because a lot of people who are listening, maybe they're not psychics, but they're coaches or they're artists, or, you know, they're people who put out content and everyone feels like they own a piece of them. How would you advise those people to protect their energy and deal with people not viewing them as human. That is so crazy, that perspective, because I've never thought about that before. I've definitely felt energy vampires and people being entitled to my time. Yes. Just because I'm willing to help and be free. But I just am authentically myself. And I know that's a boring answer, but I every single day I just show up as I am. And to protect my energy, I just kind of suss out who in my DMs is worth my time. I do have a feeling, um, you know, I tap into my intuition when I can, but other times, you know, I just have to, after like client sessions and stuff, I really do have to sit in my own aura 
and meditate and clear, but you can't really do much to protect yourself than boundaries, like boundaries, babe, all the time. You just have to be like so swift with, hey, no, that doesn't work for me or I'll circle back with you. And that's something I've really had to get good at, which I wasn't before. <laughs> so yeah, oh my gosh, it's so hard. I know you've really, really worked on that. And that's something I'm still super cultivating. It's difficult. Like I hate disappointing people and I hate making anyone feel bad, but I think it's really learning a tolerance for like being more okay with disappointing someone else than consistently disappointing yourself. (laughs) Say it louder. (laughs) Seriously. The people pleasing parts of us that we developed in early childhood, you know, they just like still stick around. Yeah. And I heard you mention aura. This is a thing weirdly, like, I think didn't know this about you until even a year ago. Like you've been like a sneaky little aura reader in my opinion. Oh yeah. And you've just started talking about it more. Yeah. Okay. You always tell me my aura is purple. Like, what does that mean? You're the most purple a purple was. First of all. Okay. There's some people probably don't even know what an aura is. What is an aura? (laughs) (laughs) Then we'll talk about the purple. Aura is the electromagnetic field around you. So when you walk into a room, a lot of people can feel auras, but not everyone can see them. So it's basically like your soul's like vibe check on what's going on. Have you like walked in somewhere and felt something was off? Yeah. You're probably feeling someone's aura that just, even though you can't see it, even though everyone can, I guarantee everyone can. Um, I just have to, I had to really work on it because when I was little, I saw it a bunch and then I completely closed it off because it was just kind of too spooky for me. And then I went from being, you know, clairvoyant where I was seeing a lot, then I went to clairsentient where I felt it. And then I like bounced back to those different clairs. But basically an aura, you can have several colors of auras. It can change when you get older. Um, Sometimes when I'm seeing someone's aura, I can see and feel if they were ever like a different color or if they were, if it's muted, if someone is going through something. I've seen friends and family have gray, muddy auras and that's like dark, but that's not something that I always really practiced. I think I was always just channeling mediumship wise, but Recently, I've been really, really cultivating and practicing it. It's been so fun. You know, like when I'm out, I was at a winery last week and my friends are like, what's, what's he, what's she, what's, you know, and I was just like, green, purple, orange, you know, and it's like really fun to see everybody's little field around them. So what do the different colors mean? There's so many different interpretations and everyone has their own flair. I mean, personally, when I see certain colors, I'm like, oh, that person is like really self-starting and motivating and, and or this person's more pragmatic. Or when I see like purple people, they're like the most charismatic. Purple, <laughs> purple people, people. Purple people. <laughs> but like purple people, <laughs> again, <laughs> you are a purple person. Um, they really have like a connection to source that is like since birth, they're very, very good at connecting, but not in a way that's heavy. Um, It's a way that's fun. They don't have like attachments to anybody or anything. So sometimes they can be like a little messy. Yeah. You know, sometimes they can like (laughs) throw their keys around and be like, where's my keys? You know, that can happen with purples sometimes. On brand. Um, But purples are just kind of fun, spiritual people. Like if I was going to a festival, there would be like a lot of purples around. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. I never knew what it meant. I was just always happy it was purple because I'm also 
February baby. So I was like, Amethyst, it's on brand. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that. Purple is also my favorite color. But it's weird. I like made a very distinct decision to make it my favorite color at a certain age. I'm like, I've grown out of pink. It's time for me to like purple the most now. That is amazing. And you know what? When you're little, like you can be pink. A lot of pinks are like very girly and like hair and makeup and toys and they're really like playful. And so you could have been pink, but I actually like I'm sensing your aura and you've always been pretty purple. I think I've always been purple. <laughs> but behind your purple, you have a really pretty dark blue. Aww. And that dark blue is like when I see blues, I see, you know, people who are like healers, like people who do Reiki, or I see people who are teachers wearing blue or like nurses. And honestly, there's so much like blue people are calm af <laughs> so i think in the years like your blue has pushed forward and almost melded with your purple but you're always going to be a purple and then on like the outer outer layer so i'm just giving you a full aura reading i love this <laughs> and then in the outer outer layer of you almost at your crown you have this like really pretty like ethereal golden light yellow color so what does learning about our aura teach us like how can i or anyone else who like because you're doing aura readings now right yeah 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 so like if someone comes to you for an aura reading and they get this amazing information how can they use it in their lives to build their intuition build their self-love build their self-trust i think it's just validating what your soul feels i when i have people write back they're like i've never told anyone that and it feels so good to be seen and I think that's something big. And especially if you're going through a transition and, and I see something that's shifting in your aura, it's good to know what color you are. So then you know if you're on track. Mm. Like one of my friends, she has, every time I see her, she's a different color. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, are you okay? <laughs> but it's really cool to see her like progress through the rainbow. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> but you know, I think it's just good to know. Uh, it's good to know. It's fun to know. It's a good thing. But even when I'm giving aura readings, I'm tapping into their field. So I'm giving them a psychic message as well. And okay, I have a question. Shoot. How do you know when to share a psychic message with someone? Like, obviously it's pretty clear if someone's paying you to do a reading, it's a known energy exchange. Right. But if you're in the supermarket and some, you know, dead person's like knocking on your door, how do you know if you're supposed to go up to the lady at the meat counter and give her the message or if it's just going to be terrible? It's like 50-50. Because <laughs> sometimes I've walked up and been like, Hey, and they've been terrified. Um, I think this is a gift that needs to be invited. And also in my human design, my psychic channel is a projected channel. So now I know that I actually do need to be recognized before I give the message. Because also think about it. I mean, at the end of the day, um, if you're just like, you know, going along your day and then you're like moving through grief and all of a sudden, you know, you hear from your dead brother you haven't talked to in 15 years, it can feel really good, but also very jarring if you're, if you're moving through grief in a way that's painful. Right. So I'm trying to be cognizant, but even like when I was drinking a little bit, I had a cocktail, I would just like line them up. Like it was like, okay, who's next? And a lot of times like people would follow up with me on Instagram afterwards and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do this. And then I was like, why am I not charging people for these messages? So I think it's hard to discern. There's still times where I'm out and about and I know someone needs a message and I kind of check in with my spirit guides and say, is this something I want to open myself up to right now? Or is this person okay not hearing the message? So again, boundaries, I have to have boundaries with spirit and I've gotten really good at being like, I want to go shopping. I want to pick out my salami. I don't really want to, you know what I mean? I don't want to be bothered. And I've gotten really good at like turning the dial down and turning it up when it's necessary. Yeah. Because that's like a really interesting thing. Cause again, not all of us are going to be psychics, but 
I think that we all do get strong intuitions for people sometimes. Like I definitely feel that like I get really strong hits on you need to do this with your career now. And speaking of human design, and I, I told this story on the show so many times, actually, when, when I had Taylor on, I talked about how I got violent when you told me I was a projector and yelled at you violent. Like I was so pissed, but it actually makes so much sense now because I would even always say to my mom, I would tell her exactly what she needed to do in her life. And then someone else would tell her to do it and she would do it. And she'd be like, that was awesome. Like, I've literally been telling you that for 10 years. I'm like, but I'm not the right messenger for you. Right. It's frustrating too. Yeah. It's so frustrating. But I guess my question is, how do you know when it's the right moment to give someone a message, even if it's not psychic? Like, how can I even read like sometimes I'm sitting in the back of my Uber and the guy starts telling me like all the things he wants to do with his life. And I'm like, I've got a game plan for him going. How do I know if it's the right moment for me to share that with this random person or to hold it in? I think you have to check in with yourself and like, do you have energy and time for it? And is it going to be a long conversation? Cause sometimes I've like kind of misread the signs like with the Ubers and I've gotten into a conversation and they start talking and it's like, what did I just do? Like, I'm not getting paid to be a therapy, like in a therapy session. So I think it's more so again, like just going back to like where you feel your boundaries are. And if you're able to, I guess, like give energy and are you willing to give that out freely if to someone who might not listen? Cause that's really frustrating when it falls on deaf ears. So I think truly not just because you're a projector, but for me too. And for everybody, I think getting, an invitation is great for any type of advice because people aren't going to listen. It's like we've both had, you know, friends, I'm sure in like college who've been with like bad boyfriends and you just like rag on the guy and you're like, you what? You're so smart and beautiful and you have so much going for you and like dump this loser. And it's like five years later, it's like he was a jerk or an asshole. And you're like, duh. Yeah. But they're not ready to hear it. Yeah. And that situation in particular is so tricky because if you say something, like they'll resent you forever. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think with you, Lo, like you are very intuitive. And I've witnessed so many moments between our conversations when I'm either in a down or you're in a down or, um, you know, that you've channeled for me several messages. And I think there are some people in your life that there is an open invitation. And there's no judgment through friendship or anything. You can just be yourself. And that's also people you want to surround yourself with, right? Good, honest relationships where you can state your needs or state your opinions and not feel chastised. Yeah, I think that's something interesting. And I wonder, and this kind of goes into like our divine friendship thing. But sometimes I feel like spirit uses me to reflect things back to you that you can't get on your own. A hundred percent. You're like one of the only people in my life who's able to read me because even though I'm a psychic, I'm unable to read for myself. And mostly because there is some like karmic contracts and things I have. There's some danger in that, but I seriously feel like it pings off of you and goes through me. And then I'm like, I don't know why I'm saying this, but here you go. That's a lot. And it really doesn't, it doesn't happen all the time. It happens with you. It happens with some of my other intuitive friends, or sometimes when I'm really getting a message about what someone needs to do creatively. I swear that's like, but you're also a splenic projector and that's like a part of your gift. Okay. Explain what that means. So I've been like (laughs) alluding to human design for 15 years on this podcast and never really, we talked about it when you came on. So by the way, Steph came on last time as the pandemic started Yes, and we talked, we touched on all the human design, but I've been talking about it so much (laughs) and we're going to do a deep dive at some point. Um, but just touching on that, what does that actually mean? What does it mean to be splenic authority? Splenic is in the now. 
and very, very intuitive. The spleen rules our instincts. So for someone who's a projector, they really need to be recognized and they recognize other people so well. So in the moment with that spleen, it hits you, like you said, and you even said it just comes like right at that moment and you say it. So being a splenic projector is almost like you have a superpower and hella psychic. (laughs) But the thing is, if if you overthink it, it can turn to fear because spleen is a lot to do with instincts in human design terms. So sometimes people who have very defined spleens like you and I, we have a lot of really gifted intuition, but we also are like, is it fear? Should I not? Is is the universe trying to tell me something or am I just fearful? You know, there's like kind of like a line that's very thin to walk. I've been struggling with that so much lately. Like it's been really actually these past couple of weeks, I've been in the thick of that. Is there something going on universally, planetarily that is creating that muddiness? Like I really am having a very terrible, not terrible. That's too strong a word. I'm having a very difficult time discerning between my fear and my intuition. And then things are getting muddy a lot. Mm -hmm. Astrologically, if we're talking about what just happened in Leo season, it was a shit show. So Leo season is usually very vibrant and bright and boisterous and playful. And there was like a sun square to Uranus, which was like unpredictable energy. And then there was something called a fixed cross. You're a fixed sign. You're an Aquarius. So anyone who has a fixed sign, um, they felt it very, very strongly. So I'm not surprised that you went through that. But I think in general, I mean, astrologically, yeah, there's been a lot of like (laughs) massive things going on where I think fear... Fear is a theme that all of us have to learn about through COVID, through our own limits, through media. Very common themes that in history have been shown to be fear-mongering coming back again, you know, in 12, 20-year cycles. Wow. Yeah. It's all repeating. <laughs> um, but speaking of divine friendship, you and I have that. And I was talking, we do voice messages on our iPhones a lot. And I was talking about how beautiful it is because being friends with you, I've not only learned so much about you, which has been so much fun because you're one of my favorite humans, but it's also taught me so much about myself, not only through your work, but just how you also reflect back to me, like who I am and my goodness and things that maybe I'm having a hard time seeing. And I just want to highlight that because I think whether you're on a creative journey or you're just trying to get through life. If you don't have that kind of support or friendship, like I really highly encourage you to seek it out. And and I just wanted to say that and see how that hit you. I'm very emotional hearing that because (laughs) (laughs) you got my emotional human design center all tingly. Um, I feel so grateful for you and I feel grateful for the support I have because in other areas of my life, I don't have that. So I truly do believe you have to surround yourself with people who believe in you. And through our friendship, it's been through, I mean, just so many funny coincidences too, Low, Like, it's so bizarre. Okay. Like, I don't even know if we can list them all, <laughs> but basically, like, we're related through marriage. <laughs> Wait, but, but first of all, we found all this out later. So we were like, friendly kind of friends in college. Like we did plays together. I always remember this weird thing. Steffi said when we were doing Rocky horror, the musical, she went in the bathroom. She goes, why does it smell like a tilapia in here? (laughs) And I've never eaten tilapia since. 
And you didn't remember you said that, but it was like the first thing I brought up to you when I hadn't seen you in years. I was like, remember when you said that thing about the tilapia? <laughs> I would. Um, but like, so I always loved you and thought you were hilarious. But then when you moved out here, we got reconnected through this random thing. Like I was working with someone who knew you and like reconnected through that. And then we found out that like somehow we were related through like my great uncle and your cousin. So we were basically cousins. Yes. Um, we found out our parents got married at the same place, which is like a really random place to get married in Michigan. So random. Yeah. So random. In the same city in Michigan. In the same it's city. Wild. What else? I feel like there have been other weird things too. Oh, past lives. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were together in a past life. I channeled. I'm sure I only have one memory, but I'm sure there's been thousands. Yeah. Um, and in the past life, I was in love with you. <laughs> so good. And still am. So nothing's changed. <laughs> I mean, just crazy. But again, it's like, even if we didn't really like each other, even though that's not true, the universe would have pushed us together anyway. And exactly when we needed to. It's so weird how it was exactly when we both needed it. Mm -hmm. Oh, also one of your close friends from high school dated one of my childhood best friends, like my mom's best friend's son. Yes, that was really weird too. Like we were always kind of like crossing each other's paths, but never meeting. And then we did meet and then still didn't really connect until we were supposed to, which was like 2017. Whoa. I know when you like chronicle it like that, we've really gone through a journey. Amazing journey. An amazing. Oh my gosh. We were also in the Who's Tommy, <laughs> just in case anyone's wondering. We did watch a video of that recently. It is a creative show. So, you know, we are very creative and we were in many musicals together and you're brilliant. Oh, well, <laughs> we need to do another one soon. We might, we may sing you um, the song that we made up about Steffi's intuition <laughs> before, before we move on to her podcast, we may sing that. Okay. So I also want to talk about where can we look at in our astrological charts to inform us about our own creativity and creative life and um, even like enhance it. Like I'm, I've asked a lot of astrologers this on the show. I don't feel like I've ever gotten a straight answer. So I just want to get into it. Like, where do we go in the chart? Yes. I mean, of course it's different per person, but if I'm just giving you a generic answer, look at your fifth house cusp. So where the fifth house is, you know, we have 12 houses um, in the Zodiac wheel and the fifth house rules our divine creativity and our playful, our inner child, many things you talk about on the show. And so if you look at your fifth house, you'll be able to see the themes there. And if you have planets in that fifth house, that'll tell you a little more about how you really do go through things. Now, for example, I have Pluto in my fifth house. Pluto is a lot of shadow work, but also Pluto is bringing um, light to darkness and not feeling shame about something. So I've usually written things about my life through pain. Yeah. And that's actually very much in alignment for me. Another thing you can look at is you can look at where your Neptune is and wherever your Neptune is in your chart, that's also a channeling sector and also like fun creativity. So that's really a good indicator. Those two things, fifth house. And if you have planets in the fifth house and your Neptune is where you're going to unleash your creativity. It's hard without looking at a chart, but yeah, yeah. Look at little old Neptune there, little Neppy. So wait, are we looking at like where it is? Are we looking at the sign it's in? Like, what are we looking to to find something out? So Neptune's a very, 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 very slow moving planet. So Neptune right now is in Pisces, and 
a lot of generations, you know, have the same placements. So for us, it's really looking at what house it's in. Mm. And um, in def- definitely looking at like what zodiac sign it's in, that's helpful too. But I think what house it's in, and if and if we're getting more advanced, we're looking at the aspects to Neptune. And let, so let's say your moon is aspecting your Neptune. That shows me that you're like very imaginative and dreamy. If your Mars is you know aspecting your Neptune, that means you're like a really go getter, and you're probably going to be like a producer or some kind of self motivator when it comes to intuition or you know creativity and general. So there's many different ways we can spin it. Um, but look at look at your Neptune, look at your fifth house. I think those are good places to start. And then, you know, once you get really acquainted with where your planets are, um, truthfully, who you truly are is through your rising sign and what's ruled by the rising sign. So I like to look at people's chart and their intuition. And that's how I can also tell how they can be creative based off their signs and elements and all that. Oh, I didn't know that. So we're both cancer rising, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that means when you say who you truly are, do you mean who you are on the inside or how you present or both? This is like a common debate in astrology. Um, I truly believe your rising sign is who you are when no one's looking. Um, you know, it doesn't develop really until you're after you're 30 years old. Um, but sometimes, you know, if you meet someone and they're just like out there and then, you hear their zodiac sign, you're like, that doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's because they're presenting their rising sign. So it depends, again, person to person. Um, when I see you, I mean, you're like a full blown Aquarius queen. Um, and that cancer rising is like so subtle and beautiful because you nurture people's like basically their their like well beings all the time. <laughs> well, I'm so grateful for the cancer rising because I think if I didn't have that, I could be like the stereotypical Aquarius where it's like cold unfeeling detached because I do feel myself wanting to do that sometimes, you know, like totally, I can totally get, I don't know if dissociated is the right word, but I can easily like get into that kind of area. And then I think it's like the deep emotional, like pounding on the ground, asking God why comes back. So they kind of balance each other out. Yeah. You have such a good mix. It's like, I'm not a complete basket case and I'm not like a complete sociopath. It's great. That's all we can ask for. And then your sad (laughs) moon comes in to give you like your comedy gold. I mean, yeah, honestly, if I were to come back and do it again, I would probably pick your top three because those are my fave. (laughs) Wow. That's a, that's a high praise. I like Sagittarius. Like any, any Sagittarius placement, I'm like, can I have that next time? very optimistic placements. I feel like you've done such a great job. If you have to come back, God is really going to let you have a Sagittarius placement in whatever area you want it. I bet. I bet. <laughs> okay. I know we're running out of time on my pod, but are you open to taking a couple of the listener questions? Yes. Okay. What signs, this comes from Abby. What signs do we pay attention to, to sense a past loved one is trying to tell us something? Oh, that's a beautiful question. Thanks, Abby. So everywhere, signs are everywhere from spirit. You can find them in spirit messengers are really popular in animals. Uh, so people will find like butterflies or hawks or, you know, a certain type of bird or in nature, leaves, trees. You can see it in, a, in signs like billboards, like physical signs, license plates, coins. That's how my spirit got. I got a dime for my grandpa today at Jamba Juice. Beautiful. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I find them everywhere. LA County Library. It's like anywhere. You're like, why is this in the middle of a book? But I think what I tell my clients to, um, you know, even though the, the person isn't physically here anymore, 
that doesn't mean the relationship has to end. You still have a really strong connection. And so what I, my metaphor I like to use is you are just leaving a voicemail. You're calling them. They're not there right now. And they're going to hear the message and they're going to get back to you. And if you're truly looking for a sign, just ask. It's so simple. Literally pick up your, you know, pick up your spirit phone and say, Grams, listen, I'm having a hard day. I really need to hear from you. I love you so much. Thanks for being there for me. And I would love to see a butterfly today. And you will most definitely see a butterfly within, you know, whenever you're ready to see it. But I don't want you to think that that connection just ceased because they're no longer in physical form. Their soul is always with you. So I want to encourage anyone that's looking for a sign to just ask for it and still talk to that person because they will always hear it. <laughs> for real. And sometimes it comes through really clear, like not even in a sign. So one morning I woke up and I was feeling really depressed because I was feeling like my music career wasn't going where I wanted it to. And I was feeling like I hit a dead end. And I literally said, grandma, grandpa, God, I need you all three to work in tandem right now. I'm like, I really need a sign that I'm meant to keep going and go hard toward my music career. I woke up to a text message from the producer who's doing my next song saying like, let's do this. I'm so excited. I feel like you and I were put into each other's lives for a big reason. Let's sign the contract. Let's go. And then the other uh, text was from a friend of mine who's big in the Detroit music community. Who's like, Lauren, I really want to write with you. Have you ever heard of this singer songwriter, Melanie, who my other mentor is always comparing me to. I think you could have like a powerful impact just like her. So I got two texts, like the first two things I saw when I woke up after that prayer were those texts. So you can get really, really clear messages. And they were coming through as I was saying the prayer. See, that's like proof in the pudding. Yeah, but that's incredible. You can be very specific with it. I know um, one of my friends, like she channels her brother through music. So whenever she's like really missing him, she doesn't even have to say it. She gets in the car and that song's playing. And it's, you know, it's a song from like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So nothing's really a coincidence. I think, uh, you know, there's meaning in everything. I mean, not, not like, you know, you going and getting your nails done. Well, maybe, maybe you might see this great color that reminds you of your grandma, you know? So um, yeah. let's circle back to what I said at the very beginning where observation and being really present is one of the best things for your intuition and for connecting to source. I love that. Okay. Here's a question for human design. Oh, this comes from Nina. What's the difference between an undefined chakra in human design and an open chakra, which may not be part of your human design, but just your spiritual slash energetics that are happening due to experiences? Time for Diet Coke break. Yes, yes, yes. Da 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 da. <laughs> I really needed that. Love what you love. Diet Coke. Get runway ready. A chance to win the ultimate shopping experience plus hundreds of prizes curated by Kate Moss. Promo packs in store, 18 plus, T's and C's. Visit coke.co.uk slash break. So basically a defined center is where you have powerful energy that's consistent. So wherever in your body graph you have a filled in like place, that's where you give out energy in the world. Wherever you have an open center or, you know, undefined chakra in the body graph, it won't be filled in. It'll be white or clear. 
that's where you have inconsistent energy and that's where you normally like get energy from other people or can be easily influenced if someone has that defined. So we almost make puzzle pieces together. So for example, with us, when we're together, you don't have a defined sacral and I do. So when we're together, I give you energy or just whatever, our our life force energy together. Yeah. Um, So it just depends on who you're with. And then also you and I together, which I don't even know if I told you, I did our composite charts. You and I both have an undefined heart center, our ego center, and you have one gate and I have another gate and it connects to a channel. So when you and I are together, we have a defined ego center, which is all about knowing your worth. So when I'm with Lauren, she makes me know my worth and it's so reciprocal there. So that's incredible. And I really feel that from you and other people don't have that gate or channel. So I go to you whenever I really need that and knowing my value. Yeah. And human design is so powerful. Like we have to definitely do an entire episode on it because it's yeah such an incredible tool. And we could talk for like 15 hours, just about one little piece of it, but that's so beautiful. <laughs> yes. Okay. Final thing. And then after this, remember, we're going over to Steffi's podcast, Psychic Scoop. So go there for the second half of the conversation. We're going to talk about divine creativity, all different kinds of things. But this comes from Dolma. She wants to know how to cultivate your psychic abilities and intuition as it relates to business and what your daily practices look like. Because you're a psychic, but you're also an entrepreneur. Dolma is an incredible entrepreneur. She like just got featured in New York Times. That's so cool. She's incredible. She's got this cool company called Startup Stork that throws baby showers for women who just started businesses. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Wow. So not baby showers, but like business showers. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's an amazing business. That was also something I had to massively do the learning curve on because I just knew how to channel. I didn't know how to run a business. So I had some help of people being like, this is how you run a website and things like that. But now my daily practice, and I kind of discussed it a little bit earlier, is setting those intentions every day you know, really like making sure I'm blocking off my energy from any vampires or anything like that. Um, Because energy vampires do exist through the DMs because people see psychic and they're like, hey, you want to help me? Oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. And I'll get paragraphs, 10 to 15 paragraphs a day, not anymore, but of people asking me to help. And as an empath, you just want to help anybody. You're like, oh, I'll help you for free. So it's really knowing your worth and not, I guess, swaying on your value and sticking to your prices. And then I guess like owning an intuitive business, we talked about the feminine and I'm channeling all day, but then I have to go into the masculine and be like, okay, this is what I'm charging. And this is when I'm stopping my work today and having those boundaries and being kind of like fearless Mm. in what I'm doing and not second guessing it at all is how you have to run an intuitive business. You literally, I let spirit run the show. I'm just kind of like the messenger. (laughs) Well, I like that idea though, because it takes the pressure off because I was telling you, I've been having a hard time giving people disappointing news lately as a business person. It hurts me because I know what it feels like on the other end to get the disappointing news. Yes. But I like that idea that it's like, hey, out of my hands, spirit told me to do it. Like, I think mentally that would really help me to make me feel like, okay, God or like spirit or like my intuition told me to do this. So it's not even me disappointing this person. It's like, I'm doing this to take care of my own energy. And it's because like, I'm honoring who I am and what I was sent here to do. Totally. And whenever I'm getting a rejection or something doesn't work out in business or anything, I'm just thinking, okay, well, that's a learning lesson. And then I have to let spirit lead me to where I'm supposed to go. It's really like a a big lesson in trust. Right. And I think that the difficulty comes like, thank God you've done your own inner work and I've done my own inner work. So when we get 
rejection. We can handle it like adults. The issue comes when you are working or like have like been interacting with people who aren't evolved and don't handle it like adults. But I think going back to your intuition course, if we really studied that and opened our third eye, yes, we would know before we even got into those sticky situations with that person that that was going to happen or have like a gut that something wasn't right. So I think, yeah, I, I think I need to dive into that intuition course and really open that third eyeball. Yeah. that That's one last thing I'll say too, what you just said. But basically, if you don't listen to the red flag, it will almost always mess with you. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. It will. So I've definitely ignored like not working with like, oh, I don't, maybe I should work with this person. They have a good following or this and that collaboration or whatever. Maybe I really feel like I launched these mugs I thought were like fantastic and literally not a single sale. So, you know, sometimes like you just push your own agenda, but if you really sit back, you're like, that wasn't, no, that wasn't an alignment. I wasn't listening to my intuition or my gut or my spleen in your, in your sense. So Go back to your human design strategy and authority. That's very important for running a business intuitively. And also you have to just ground and take care of yourself as much as possible. Yeah. Well, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. You built this amazing business. It continues to grow. And what can people do right now to support you? Where can they go to find you? besides going to the Psychic Scoop podcast right after this and listening to our conversation there. Yes, <laughs> yes, part two, part two. Um, <laughs> they can find me online at spirit underscore sis on the gram, and they can go to my website, which is spiritsis.com. I offer aura readings, which is a digital reading. I offer solar return readings. We have so much stuff we haven't talked about. I do um, human design readings. I do astrology readings and astrocartography, which is where you are in the world. Which is so cool. Based off of your um, your like astrology maps, where you should go to find love or to get a good job. Or Let me just tell you one thing Steffi told me that was crazy. I went to the Bahamas two years ago and I was wildly depressed the whole time I was there. Like I could not relax. I was jittery. And I'm like, do I have something going on in NASA? Like, I don't know what the hell was wrong. She's like, oh yeah, very negative line going through there. I remember I got back and like went to therapy and cried. I'm like, I betrayed myself. I worked the whole trip. So stupid. Like, I mean, obviously I was very privileged and lucky to go on the trip, but like, I was so bummed out that I didn't enjoy it. But you know, astrocartography can save you from having a shitty trip in the Bahamas. Totally. (laughs) Try it. (laughs) Exactly. It's it's amazing to see where your lines fall and how they correlate with your experiences. I just recently went on a Saturn line and it was hell. So I totally understand your feeling. I think if I remember correctly, you were on a Mercury line and your phone was blowing up a lot and stuff. Phone was blowing up. People from work would not stop contacting me. Granted, I was engaging. Yep. Well, Lesson learned. You always call me before any decisions. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I should. <laughs> All right. Well, please go see Steffi if you need any help whatsoever in your life. She is like not only just so gifted, but an incredible human being. And you can really feel good supporting her. Unfortunately, this industry does have a lot of posers, a lot of people who uh, say that they walk the walk, but really they're uh, sitting in a chair. So oh, Steffi's not just walking the walk. She's running the run. And <laughs> You know what? I'll just say this. Yeah. I feel like all of us need to like tap into our own superpowers and share them with the world and not be yes exclusive with who we're letting in and how we're letting that happen. And just we're all here to help heal. Yes. And beautiful way to end it. Use your voice and your power and your talent to help heal and to bring other people up along with you. And with that, we end the show. 
Remember to go to the Psychic Soup podcast to hear part two. And thank you for listening. Love you. Thank you again so much for listening. And thanks to my guest and bestie, Steffi Hill, a.k.a. Spirit Sis. And if you're interested in taking Steffi's intuition course, she is giving a massive discount, 15% off for all Unleash listeners when you use the code Unleash. So go to spiritsis.com slash courses, click the intuition course. I'll also put it in the show notes and get 15% off when you use the code Unleash. I'm going to be taking it soon so we can all take it together and really open up that gorgeous third eye. You can also give Steffi a follow on Instagram at spirit underscore sis. And again, thank you. Follow the show at Unleash Your Inner Creative. Follow me, Lauren LaGrasso. If you like the show, be sure to follow it, rate, review, tell a friend about the show, post about it on socials, tag me, Unleash, and Steffi, and tell us that you loved it. We'll repost to share our gratitude. And my wish for you this week is that you trust yourself and you open yourself up to your gut and listening to that and see where that leads you because I know it will be somewhere beautiful. I love you. I hope you have a great week and I believe in you. Talk with you soon.